Welcome to the Rooflines podcast, produced by Virginia Realtors, where we serve up real talk about real estate in Virginia. On each episode, we break down trends in the housing market and help you make sense of what's going on in Virginia's real estate industry and what's on the horizon. Welcome to part two of our interview with Mr. Guy Allen in honor of Black History Month. Guy is the president of the Northern Virginia chapter of the National Association of Real Estate Brokers, also known as NARAB, and with over 40 years of experience in the real estate industry. For part one of this interview, please check our website at virginiarealtors.org slash rooflines. Now, let's dive into the second part of our discussion. So, you know, I think education is key to for folks to learn what the real processes are, budgeting, understanding that um, you want to buy the house before the car. Yeah. <laughs> before the bling, mm-hmm. you know, buy the house, and then you can get an asset that's going to appreciate, uh, whereas a vehicle is going to depreciate. Mm-hmm. So you may have a nice car, but you can't really live in that car. Mm-hmm. You know, your, your car payment, if your car payment is higher than your house payment, then something's wrong <laughs> there, or your rent payment, mm-hmm. then something's wrong. Uh, you're out of focus for what you really need to be focused on. Yeah, for sure. I think people also need to realize, like, especially, you know this, like, if you want to go to a mortgage and get approved, you need to keep that DTI, which is the debt to income debt ratio, income, yeah. low. Mm-hmm. Nowadays, it's like around, the preferred it to be lower than 45%, 44%, depending on which loan that you're actually getting, <laughs> if FHA or conventional. But it's really important to keep that DTI low yes. so that way you can get that approval. Once you get approved, you buy a house and you go down the line. Then if you want to get that bling or you want to get that new car, then you can make that purchase. But save, save, save. Yeah. And that's uh, the hardest thing for folks to do is save. Mm-hmm. You know, um, They see something that they want and they make those impulse purchases mm-hmm. where they get those 0% interest rate cards. They apply for it and pretty soon that debt just starts to build up and build up and now they're struggling to figure out well how can i make a, a three thousand dollar mortgage payment and all these other bills at the same time mm-hmm. even though um the debt to income ratio uh, for fha is 45 percent 50 percent is stretch ratio mm-hmm. you really don't want to be that high on your income why mm-hmm. because with conventional they're looking at uh, a much lower ratio, 33, 38, mm-hmm. 36, like that. Mm-hmm. But if you can stay, keep your your house payment and everything under 40%, you're doing great. Mm-hmm. It starts getting a little tight when you get into the higher um, DTI ratio. So mm-hmm. definitely want to keep it down. Save money. Uh, don't buy anything. Don't change your process. I, I'll give you an example. I had a client that um, was purchasing a house for me. I said, don't buy anything. Don't change anything. The application is a snapshot of what you look like today. Mm -hmm. This process is very, very important. Don't change this process. If anything changes, you probably won't qualify. Well, a week before a settlement, they roll up with this really nice Escalade. Oh, man. And I'm looking, and I notice that it has 30-day tags on it. I said, what, whose car? Whose truck is that? Mm-hmm. Oh, we, we were approved for the loan, so we went on ahead and got our car. We went and looked at furniture. I said, oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> Needless to say, they had uh, to take that truck back, and it's like, 
pretty pretty hard for them because all their friends and family had seen it. Yeah. <laughs> Drove it through the neighborhood. Yeah. But now they got to take this truck back if they want to buy the house. Mm-hmm. After closing, do whatever you want to do, mm-hmm. but be smart about it. Yeah. Okay. For sure. Buying a house is, is the biggest purchase that most families make in America. Oh, So yeah. you got to make sure that the paperwork is right, the income is right. After you get the house and you're in the housing market, do whatever you want to do. Do whatever you want to do. Yeah. Exactly. So you were in part of NARAP, the National Association of Real Estate Brokers. Mm-hmm. For those who don't know what, um, what that organization is, can you explain that for them? Sure. NARAP is the oldest minority trade association in America in real estate. Mm-hmm. The, as a matter of fact, NARAB, N-A-R-E-B, mm-hmm. and NAR had the same initials in their name. NAR had N-A-R-E-B, and NARAB had N-A-R-E-B. It was a big lawsuit. Mm-hmm. We were here first. We predated NAR. So they actually had to shorten their name from N-A-R-E-B to NAR. Mm-hmm. And we're still N-A-R-E-B. So, that was one thing that was good in our favor. <laughs> Back we talked about, you know, in the Jim Crow era. So this was a lot of uh, things that were happening where we couldn't sell in specific uh, neighborhoods. Mm-hmm. You know, we couldn't go to certain neighborhoods. And if you look on our site, our website, there's a nice history um, video that's on there. Go to NARAP.com. It shows you the whole history of what we were, why we formed, and how we came about. But in a nutshell, NARAP was formed because... Um, we had to have a group that we could communicate with and educate ourselves as to what we needed to do to um, conduct business. The laws and regulations and uh, how to get around certain um, things that were deterring African Americans from home ownership. Mm-hmm. So our mission was democracy and housing. In other words, everybody should be able to buy a house and we serve the underserved. So when it comes to um, whether or not I want to live in ABC neighborhood, I should be able to buy the house, get the money, and shouldn't have any interference from anybody <laughs> or deterrence. So we supported uh, those efforts, and we educated the communities as to the processes, and along with the civil rights um, organizations that were in place at that time to show them that home ownership creates generational wealth. Our people have a right to own a home. Mm-hmm. And that's what, um, why this group was pretty much formed. In 1977, when I got into the business, these were the people that came to me. As a matter of fact, there was a gentleman by the name of Howard Fitz. Uh, he lived here. He's the one that got me motivated mm-hmm. to uh, get into the real estate business. And he said, if, um, if, you, if you join this group, you can make a pretty decent living because I was selling vacuum cleaners back then. Mm-hmm. I was selling vacuum cleaners door to door and playing music, and selling men's clothes. He said, well, you can uh, make X number of dollars over here or X number of dollars over here. You can take care of your family. You can own a house. You can do a lot of different things. And I said, great. I changed my career mindset and went into the mortgage side first. And because of this group, they educated me, and I was able to educate my family and groups of people that I'm educating now as to the benefits of home ownership because there's a lot. And NARAP now is all across the country. We have 78 um, chapters or or boards across the country. There's a big conference that's coming up um, next month. It's a mid-winter conference that's going to be held in Charlotte, um, South Carolina. 
we all come together from all around the country and trade ideas and talk about how we can uh, make things better in our communities, the communities which we serve. Development, we're talking about how uh, we can now not, we can now look at things outside of just selling homes, but how we can build homes and sell them. Inventory is low. Well, we now have to create our own inventory, mm -hmm. tiny homes, some alternative places, uh, advocate for uh, homeless people, mm -hmm. show them how they can get out of the situation of living in a tent and help them get from those uh, those steps to get into home ownership. Mm -hmm. And in addition to that, once you get a house, this organization will show you how to keep it because we don't want you to get go through all that, get a house, and then it goes to foreclosure. So we're constantly advocating for um, people you know, to, um, to get into this whole process of home ownership to create generational wealth. But that's what this group has done, and that's what is, and that's why I'm so passionate about being involved. I'm, I'm the local board president here in Northern Virginia. The Realtors Network of Northern Virginia is the group that that I'm a part of. I'm still a realtor. You know, I sell houses. You know, I'm a, I put on my realtor hat, yeah. but I advocate for African Americans through uh, NARAB. So, like you said, you started in 1977. Yeah, we are now in 2024. What continues to drive you to be in this real estate industry? I got grandkids. <laughs> <laughs> and um, if you don't have a seat at the table, you'll probably be on the menu. Mm -hmm. Well, it's nothing more better for a young kid to be able to sit down, do their homework, have a nice warm bed, a roof over their head, and um, focus on their studies. Well, when you're fragmented, you don't have that home um, that group, that house, that family um, model, well, it's, it, it creates stress on uh, younger kids and middle-aged kids, you know, 15 teenagers. They're stressing out. They don't know where they're going to be. Guess what they do? They turn to crime. They're out on the street mm -hmm. doing all kinds of other things. But we got a home. You know, parents at home, you can come home and have a hot meal. That means a whole lot to that kid at that time. Mm -hmm. So... I look at my um, kids. My, my kids have done very well. My grandkids, now those are the ones that I'm focusing on trying to help. I'm mm -hmm. constantly looking. I said, that's the next generation of people. My daughter's in the business. Mm -hmm. My wife's in the business. We're all in, we are in this business. We've worked together. But now I'm looking at you know all the grandkids. I've got six grandkids. Well, what can I do? What what can I lay out for them so that when they come along, they won't have to struggle or all that we've worked for goes away. Mm -hmm. The last thing we want to do is turn back the clock to the 60s. Yeah. That would not be good. Well, guess what? If you look at the environment right now, every opportunity that um, you have, you want to take advantage of it. You know, you, so that drives me to make sure that my kids, my grandkids, and generations to come have a seat at the table and they can help mold and make decisions that change the dynamics of, um, of home ownership. Yes. We need, we need more Guy Allens in the world to really help push the uh, next generation to understand the importance of home ownership. For oh, sure. So, like you said, back then, um, interest rates were 18%. Yeah. The 80s, you know, the Carter years. <laughs> <laughs> now, my generation and, and people now, we're crying about the, the 7 to 8%. To us, it's high. To you, it's like, you guys have it really, 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 really easy. You don't even realize it. But um, what do you think that mortgage companies could do now to help 
um, people get into um, home ownership for the first like for first time home buyers? Well, the, the key for them is the same thing that we have to do is educate folks what the mm -hmm. processes are. So there's a lot of uh, housing consultants that show you how to do your budget, your financial analysis, take a look at it on paper. Because if you're just looking at the left pocket and saying, well, I got some money in this pocket, let me see what I can put in the right pocket to save. Well, that's not a good system. You want to write it down and have um, a, a, an educational understanding about how this process works. Mm -hmm. Um, so, Virginia Housing does a um, program where they do home buyer counseling. Mm -hmm. You know, my daughter's now a, 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 a consultant. She actually teaches the classes. I just taught a class last week. Mm -hmm. And the room was full, 16, 17 people that in each one of our classes, people that want to learn about what they need to do to buy a house. So the lenders are supporting those um, programs, but... Virginia Housing, which is a great organization, is giving uh, folks some help. We talk real money. Mm -hmm. uh, there's grants, down payment assistance programs. Uh, we actually facilitate a program called SPARK through Virginia Housing, which it re helps reduce the interest rate 1% for a qualified person, which is phenomenal. So you look at a person that's paying 7%, they do a spark loan, and now they can do uh, uh, get a loan at six percent. Well, on a four hundred thousand dollar house, that's somewhere around three hundred bucks a month. Mm -hmm. So you know that's thirty six hundred dollars a year. Mm -hmm. So thirty six hundred dollars a year. What can you do with that? Multiply it times ten. That's thirty six thousand mm -hmm. dollars in savings. That you, if you just took that money and put it right in the bank somewhere. Those programs, uh, a lot of the banks have first-time homebuyer programs, which, is, which are great. Uh, they give you closing cost assistance, which is even better, you know, 5000 10000 uh, Prince William County has a, a program, first-time homebuyer program, where they'll um, give you a grant for quite a bit of money. We're talking 20 25% mm -hmm. in grant money, Arlington County. So learning all the programs, all the... Um, programs that are around and the banks are plugging into those is in a lot of cases it's free money so just educating folks as to what's available is is very very important so the banks are getting better they're doing they're trying to get a little bit uh lax on their underwriting criteria and the conditions still credit is very very important you got credit history repayment ability and of course cash mm -hmm. savings that's that's what makes the world go around yeah. credit history repayment ability and cash. Mm -hmm. Cash is king. So the more money you can save, the better. I'll keep your credit clean, you know, and, and it's just kind of stay in front of it. People tend to re react, you know, after something happens. Mm -hmm. They see that, oh, I'm, I'm, I'm going to be late on a payment. Then they're reacting versus planning ahead, mm -hmm. you know, get in front of those little basic things because two times 30 on your credit could disqualify you for per from purchasing. And last question here. So for new professionals or people who are looking to be like in the real estate industry as a realtor or get into the mortgage business, but they're worried about a lot of the economic things that we've seen on the news with the with sales activity going down and interest rates going up, people don't, are looking forward to probably renting instead of owning a home. What would you tell a realtor today that's looking to get in? What advice would you give to them? 
sales period is not an easy job. It's mm-hmm. one of those things where if you if you're looking for a check every Friday with your name on it mm-hmm. <laughs> in a little brown envelope, mm-hmm. you did 40 hours. Here's your pay for that time. Um, that's not going to happen. This takes some planning. Uh, it's, you're self-employed for most cases, uh, even with the lender side, lender side and or um, sales side. It's it's production. Mm-hmm. So I would say that you know save some money if you're on a regular job or stay dual career to such time that your part-time job, which is real estate, surpasses the income that you're making on your full-time job. Mm-hmm. And I like to even go further and say one and a half times. Why? Because taxes, expenses are different. You're now a business owner. Mm-hmm. Take some business classes. Understand how business works mm-hmm. because, you know, you want to keep the lights on. Yeah. You, know, you want to eat. As you can tell, I like to, don't like to miss meals. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, so, but in the beginning, it was tough. When I started out way back, you know, I, I kept my, my day jobs. I was playing music, doing everything, but... From nine to five, I was doing a, a mortgage, working on my mortgage business. Mm-hmm. But in the evenings, anything I could do to um, supplement my income, mm-hmm. that's what I had to do. And at one point, um, uh, I had to take a day job you know, and do real estate on the evenings and weekends. And it was a very short period of time because once those deals closed, you know, you're, you're back in, in the game again. Mm-hmm. But plan to... Um, not have an income for at least 60 to 90 days. And most people can't do that. So save that money and uh, put it in the bank, scroll it away, um, or keep your day job and work You know, the business part-time. Get as much education as you can. There's a lot of tools that you can use with social media to market yourself. YouTube now is big. People are talking about YouTube, uh, uh, all the Facebook marketing. Learn those things so that you can brand yourself. And um, uh, my, my brand, for many years, I had a guy that gave me this. He said, uh, well, your name is Guy. Why don't you just call yourself the real estate guy? Said, oh, that's nice. So I've been the mortgage guy, and I'm the real estate guy. So uh-huh. that's been my brand for all these years. So think of something that people uh, will tie into you when they think about you and your name or what it is that you do or build your brand around what you enjoy doing if you like playing golf build it or build your business around that and when you're on when you're on the golf course talk to other golfers they have houses they need to live places the caddy you know the people at the bar everywhere you go you want to talk about um, what it is that you do get your business cards and just be a machine mm-hmm. and have a but have a written goal a business plan um, that's going to help make you successful. Yep. Key, be driven. You got to be driven yeah. and plan ahead. Well, thank you so much for coming down to, for us to do this um, podcast interview. It's very eye-opening for for people who's going to be listening to this and for us to see that it's really important for us to keep on going and trying to become homeowners, to build generational wealth in our communities and create change. So we thank you so much for the work you've done for us and the work that you continue to do. Well, thank you. I appreciate that. My pleasure. Thank you for tuning in to this episode of Rooflines, real talk about real estate in Virginia. If you haven't already, don't forget to subscribe to Rooflines on your favorite podcast platform. If you have ideas for future podcast topics, 
please share those with us by emailing rooflines at virginiarealtors.org.